This week on Access Louisville, we're going to talk about a shakeup in the city's entrepreneurial scene. Then we're going to talk about the next steps for one of the biggest projects in town. And then Haley and uh, Brooke here are going to regale us with stories of igloo bubbles at a local bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be worth talking about. Stick around. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Haley Cawthon. Hi, guys. Brooke Timmons. Hi there. And Marty Finley. How's it going? Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news and the sharpest opinions about this city we love, Louisville, Kentucky. But before we do that, I'm going to start this show the way I always do, with a difficult question for our panel. Guys, a big story on our website this week was about the cost of commuting in Louisville. Turns out Louisville drivers have to pay an annual average cost of about $6,322, and that's factoring in fuel, maintenance, etc. Those figures are based on Bureau of Labor statistics uh, figures. So uh, my question to you guys is, what new commuting tech are you most excited about? We've uh, had all these scooters, we got flying cars, we got automated cars. Are you more excited about something like, you know, trains or transit or something like that? So uh, I'm going to start with Haley on this one. What do you think, Haley? Man, put me on the spot here. I feel like I'm going to catch a lot of flack with this. Well, you're the startup person, so you got to say something like super techie, right? I'm excited for the cyber truck. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm mostly excited for driverless vehicles because I feel like it'll make roadways. Even though right now it sounds a little scary, I think it will ultimately make roadways safer because it kind of eliminates road rage and eliminates, you know, error in judgment and uh, distracted driving. And I would love to, you know, take a short 15-minute nap while I'm stuck on Butter Bridge in the morning. Yeah. You know, that would be great. I love that Butter Bridge is sticking around. <laughs> butter Bridge, I've seen sticking. it everywhere. See what I did there? Sticking. <laughs> stick sticking. Of it doesn't stick uh, with butter. But anyway, um, so I have, like, mixed feelings. Like, I'm, I got high hopes for, for driverless cars, but I'm also scared to death of them because, like, sometimes I ask Siri to, like, look up the number to a pizza place and then it tells me you know when i should water plants so i'm like <laughs> this, this thing ain't smart enough just to talk to it's well, supposed to drive a car well alexa's not going to be your driver of the vehicle i hope um not. i hope it's a higher grade AI and, than, and honestly my husband's done a lot of research into it so he's kind of gotten me on board i was honestly like on the fence about it too whenever i first heard that they were coming out with these things but he's really pulled me over to the side of my yes. uh, my cousin has the new um lincoln navigator and it has the self-parking mode and, it's amazing. and it is so amazing i drove it over thanksgiving weekend and it like it puts that in in like two i mean just two bloop bloop and it uh, you're going to have to speak closer to that microphone. Okay. Brooke. I get a lot of complaints about that. I have a tiny voice. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I d don't get me wrong. I'm not a Luddite. I, uh, I want to believe in this technology. I'm just, I've got concerns. Um, how about you, Brooke? Um, I think trains. Trains, um, yes. I, if That's I less exciting than flying cars, but still pretty cool. I, I, I love it. I love New York is one of my favorite cities in the world, so um, I love taking the subway there. But, I mean, if we had some sort of mass transit like that where I could, you know, read a book or, you know, just, like, go to sleep on my commute to work, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but I did also move from the East End into um, – 
Germantown to have the nine minute commute to work. So yeah, true. That's got to help. It was great. I bet you don't spend the full six thousand dollars. I bet you're on the lower end of that when you're living in Germ- Germantown. Yeah, I'm probably on the higher end because I live. Well, I, I mean, out. living in the East End, I was on the higher yeah. end. Yeah, uh, Marty, what do you think? Well, I completely disagree with Haley. I think the driverless cars is the start of the Terminator uprising. <laughs> <laughs> we are all taken over by machines. Uh, Also, I just don't trust them. I don't trust technology to be that advanced. I don't think we're smart enough as humans to be that advanced. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Otherwise, there's going to be a lot of car crashes on the road. Um, Also, I worry about the um, capability of those vehicles being hacked. And yeah. taking over that is remotely. actually like a legitimate thing. Like that's kind of that's me being kind of conspiracy creepy. theorist. But um, <laughs> I think I would like hoverboards. I know we didn't talk about those. Those were kind of sci-fi. Yeah, like flying skateboards. Like the Marty McFly thing. Yeah, like flying okay. skateboards. They do work, but the surface has to be right. Yeah, like it has to be magnetic. And yeah. You'd have to magnetize all the roads. That's I don't true. know if it, that would be worth it. I feel much. like trains would be well, easier. Trains are more <laughs> if you magnetize all of the roads, then that leads to paranormal activity because that's of true. the magnetic fields. But that's uh, a whole other discussion. I guess, you know, yeah, that's a whole so other So what you're saying is kick it old school. So we could, <laughs> we could do driverless flying cars and just have them crash into buildings. I heard at a, uh, I was at a um, speech, I bet a lot of our listeners know about this. There was a, like a futurist speak at the... Uh, at last year's GLI uh, annual convention, and he talked about how in the future cities are going to um, brag about how many rooftop airports they have because there's going to be so many flying, flying cars, cars going from rooftop to rooftop. So I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Um, I'll sure like wasting time on nonsense like that, but I should probably talk about actual news that's taking place in town. Uh, one Park, the massive development at the corner of Lexington Road and Grinstead Drive hit a milestone this week. Uh, uh, Marty, what's the latest on that project? You've been covering that one. Yeah, so this is, what, uh, four years in the making, I think, <laughs> some, something like that. Did you, you originally broke this story. I broke right? the story four years ago. Uh, a kid has entered high school and left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I met with uh, Kevin Kogan, the developer, at like a coffee shop, and he's like, look at this. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, but, you know, from that 2D drawing to where we are now, it's come a long way. There's been about 13 hearings and design meetings. And so uh, back in October, after a six-hour marathon public hearing at Kick downtown, Mm -hmm. the Planning Commission voted in favor of it. That moved it to Metro Council, which then assigned it to a committee. So the Planning and Zoning Committee voted it out of committee earlier this week. It's now going to the full Metro Council on December 12th. and they're going to debate that. As I understand, there will not be a public hearing component of this. Right, because they said, what, that they have they already heard the, enough? The record's closed. We're ready to just deliberate. Yeah. You know, when Topgolf went to uh, city council, it got an, I think it got another public hearing. Um, but this looks like it's going to go. It's going to be deliberated on and more than likely voted on um, next week. So that would end that portion of the um of this phase of this project, I think there that was... That would end the public discourse port yeah, part of this, right? Yeah, unless there's litigation or something like that. Oh, so. no one would ever sue. So, <laughs> so um, but yeah, that, that phase would be over. As I understand, there would be some additional design that could take another several months to a year yeah. to get the, all the design done. Um, and then, you know, they could start looking at, you know, finishing up financing and, and getting construction going. They'd have to actually clear that site because there's... Tons of, you know, we'll lose there. There's tons of buildings and businesses there. So they'd have to. Where do they stand on financing? Um, I think they're in the works. But I mean, when these things are sort of, these things been kind of in limbo for a while. So I would imagine they'd still have to close on some of their construction loans and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But it sounds like that they would, they feel pretty confident about it from what I've heard. So any indication on how the council is going to vote? It's hard to say. I mean, you got 26 people. Uh, this is, I think, the last meeting of the year, so more than likely you'll have just about every council member there. Mm -hmm. uh, I do know Brandon Cohen. He has said on um, at the committee meeting, he, uh, he actually did some work, I think, for the developer as an attorney. Mm -hmm. So he's he's abstaining. He abstained from the committee vote, so he won't be voting. Um, and then Bill Hollander, who doesn't represent that area, but he lives near the one park side, he said he would vote yes. He had some criticisms of how they've kind of went through the design process, but he had, did say he thinks this is a much better use than, than what's the that? underutilized, sort of unattractive hodgepodge. Love that gas there. station there. Yeah. I am going to miss it. Uh, <laughs> stop so, there. Um, so many times. But outside of that, no one really showed their hand. No one, no one on the committee really talked about it much. Um, they had some questions of some technical stuff, but they didn't say like, they didn't go around the room saying, I'm going to vote for it. So I expect it to be some fairly heated debate. I think there's going to be some people that's pretty adamant against this yeah. on the council. And then there'll be, I think, my, my, I think I told you earlier the week, I think it's going to pass, but there'll probably be more vote, no votes than you'd expect. Yeah. So it's just a matter of how it splits. So what's your read on how soon it will start after that? I mean, you, like you said, I mean, there's financing to raise. There's financing. There's also design to get finished. It doesn't sell much. I mean, they'd have to design the interior of this facility. Yeah. Uh, so even to, after to a much this, more level, sounds like yeah, I would think you'd probably still be a few years out from yeah. it being open. Because like, yeah, and like you said, Lemoose there, and they're still trying to nail down some of the uses. Like, uh, they're trying to get a high end hotel, the highest end hotel that Louisville would have. Is yeah, what they're saying. Yeah, um, that was one of and the. They don't have that yet, so they'd have to get that flag as well. Yeah, one of the considerations they gave, I think, I was reading your story. Uh, they have to have a hotel that's different than anything we Yeah, have it would now. just need to be a little bit, you know, it'd be something that we don't have or some kind of um, brand in the market that we yeah. don't have. You know, one thing we've heard a lot, and we actually thought we were getting one, is a Weston. I don't know if it would go in that spot. They typically go in downtowns, but, yeah, you know, that'd be something different for the market. Yeah, true, true. So. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, something we'll probably watch in the next week. I yeah, guess. there'll be some news I think a week from today, so yeah. we'll know probably one way or the other. Yeah, so stay tuned on that. I'm going to switch gears a little bit here. We'll talk about the entrepreneurial scene in town. A lot of shaking up going on this week. Uh, so a Louisville uh, entrepreneurial leader has left his post. Uh, so Haley, why don't you tell us about that and what, what the impact of that is? So yeah, Patrick Henshaw was the CEO of Leap, and that's the Louisville Entrepreneur entrepreneurial acceleration partnership um, nailed it yes <laughs> sorry that's a tongue twister for me and the partners involved in that are the louisville Healthcare ceo council um, accelerate health and uofl are kind of the major stakeholders in that and those are the folks that sit on leaps board who ultimately made this decision um, that henshaw is no longer the ceo of leap and we we're not clear on whether or not he was let go whether or not he decided to leave um, we don't necessarily know the details on that, but um, he's gone, and his replacement has already been named. It's Larry Horn, who um, I know as the president of Venture Connectors. I go to that pretty frequently, but um, he's most recently been with Techstars. Okay. Uh, so I guess uh, what was Henshaw's, Patrick Henshaw's primary job? Like, what was he really trying to do there? So uh, I think Leap set out to, um, in a generic way of saying this, but... Um, amplify the entrepreneurial scene and really make it um, have some visibility to it to the outside world people who aren't in the throes of you know the startup world you know bring it 
to earth for people who are outside of the um, community there. So I think Patrick considered his biggest job to be a megaphone. I've heard that over and over in talks with him, um, that his biggest job was just to be a voice for the people who um, don't necessarily know who to reach out to or who to talk to to, you know, connect and make these um, network connections that, you know, help startups grow and scale. So, um, yeah, I think that was his core um, yeah. core mission standpoint. In yeah, so kind of bringing words. everybody together, it sounds like. Yep. But um, so what have they been doing this year, I guess? So it's ca- been a really weird year for Leap. It has. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> he only came in, what did you say, February? Uh, he came it was in March. early March, I think, is when he started. Um, we first heard from him personally, I think, in April. Um, but so the summer was kind of weird because Enterprise Core uh, was merged with Leap, which later turned out to be Enterprise Core just dissolved. Yeah, um, yeah, and it wasn't like a pretty merger. It was like no, it was a messy yeah. merger. There was no transparency there. Um, no one would answer questions, especially on the record. So I got that story by talking to anonymous sources who only spoke to me on the condition of anon. Anonymity. Why do I have to say that word? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, so that was a difficult story to get, and it w- just wasn't pretty. Like I feel like there could have been some better ways to go about it. But essentially, Leap was supposed to take over Enterprise Core and merge their assets with Leap, and that never happened. Um, I heard various reasons for that. One of them being uh, Leap's funding, which I'm not sure what's going on with that. We've have we have some public records requests out about that, but. Um, mm. So the other major thing that happened with Leap is since, you know, the Entrepreneurial Center in Nulu opened in May, Leap has been there. Leap has been, you know, they moved in when it opened. And that was at Story Louisville. Story Louisville, which is the co-working community inside the Center by Sidus, who, you know, does a lot of programming for startups. Um, And it's run by Natalia Bishop. But anyways, um, so Leap's been there for about three years, or not three years, three months, and... um, we got notice that Leap signage had been removed from the building, and so I started calling around and um, got a hold of Natalia, and she was like, you know, there's nothing nefarious going on here, but Leap wanted to have more space than we could give them, and so they decided to leave. And so Leap, and which by Leap I mean Patrick Henshaw and Erica Brown, who is the marketing person over at Leap, their two employees left, and we don't know where they're at. <laughs> um, Hmm. And so we don't know if Leap is moving back in. I think that was um, something discussed in the release yesterday about Larry Horn taking over this position, um, about developing a closer relationship with Story and coordinating programming with Story, um, since it's kind of the focal point of this community right now. Um, But I don't know if that means that Leap is moving back into Story. So we'll have to wait and see. It's all so fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, it's a roller coaster ride. It is. (laughs) It really is. And um, we hear a lot, and I'll say this just for, for listeners and viewers, we hear a lot, but we can't propagate rumors, so there's a lot that we can't really say because we can't really verify it, mm-hmm. but um, <coughs> the fact that we hear so much, you know, that we, there's smoke there, you know, something's going on, it seems like, um, and we're always looking into it and always trying to get these details, and all of a sudden this week... Uh, we hear, you know, we saw this news about Patrick Henshaw, and um, I don't know that anyone was surprised because we've heard so much. Um, but, uh, or at least I wasn't surprised. I won't speak for, for Haley. Um, so has there been a lot of animosity just in the s- startup scene in general? 
So I'm I'm over there pretty frequently talking to folks and just, you know, getting general opinions about lots of things, just about the ecosystem in general. And it seemed like there was um, an animosity towards the lack of transparency and the lack of open communication between this kind of overarching head leadership organization and the people who are, you know, the boots on the ground founders. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sensed a lot of tension there. And um, I thought something that was pretty telling within the release that came out yesterday. Was this yesterday? What day is it? Thursday? It's thir- it is Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Maybe um, it was Tuesday. I can't remember. In the news release, Larry Horn, the new, um, he, he's actually the executive director of Leap, not the CEO. So his title is a little bit different. But he said, it's amazing how the entrepreneurial community is self-selecting and gravitating towards their own chosen leaders organically. And I thought if people read between the lines of that statement, um, you can kind of get a read on people's opinions and what was going on there. So They I'm, weren't yeah. necessarily gravitating to Patrick Henshaw. Yeah, and I don't know <laughs> if that was the fact that he came from Cincinnati and wasn't, you know, organically in Louisville working with these folks beforehand. Louisville can be a hard market to break into. Especially from since it's so, you know, connection-based and network-based. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if that was the case. But, you know, t- the times that I met with Patrick, he was always – um, fairly helpful outside of you know the leap organizational things. <laughs> yeah. When it came to connecting with connecting me with people in the community, he always did a great job at that and pointing out some stories for me. So um, I appreciated that. But this is something definitely to watch going into 2020. Yeah, yeah, probably uh, more news on the way there. So we'll we'll keep our eyes on that. I'm gonna switch gears here, um, and you guys are gonna tell me about igloos <laughs> why do i keep hearing about igloos so what, what are these i uh, actually got an email before we came in here of someone saying hey thanks so much for you know writing this story did you like really? i got so a reservation great. for tomorrow for our girls night that's and I'm great. Like, great that's <laughs> awesome um so anyways i was scrolling through twitter and louisville tourism tweeted out this really cool like three photo um of the igloos at Eight Up, and they look just so Christmassy and cool and like so <coughs> Instagrammable. Yeah, so Instagrammable, very indie, like hipster. Like you feel you feel cool just for being close to them. So I was like, I have to go see them, and I pitched the idea to David, and he was just like, No thanks, nope. that's not for us. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh man! And then everyone else got on board. Yeah, I was walking through the newsroom, and I was like, Can we go? Can yeah. I go? And Brooke came with me, and so we had a good time out there. So um, Brooke, tell. Tell me, um, tell these guys which ones were our favorites over yeah, there. Yeah, there's different themes, right? Um, so. so I think that the diamonds and fur uh, one was my favorite of the uh, igloos. Um, it just was really cozy and kind of fun. Um, there was another one that had kind of a another like more um, traditional Christmassy kind of feel. Um, it had like traditional plaid igloo. and. Fl- it, it was like flan- flannel flan- and yeah something. that was fun that was fur like and flannel yeah and fur and flannel there was a tropical theme one but I, that one wasn't i mean it was very cool but it wasn't it wasn't it one of my favorite yeah but if you want to be at the beach <laughs> yeah during christmas time they have an option like, for you there like get together your group like show up in like your hawaiian gear and yeah. head on into the and tropical it's like 20 one degrees and you're on yeah. a rooftop and they're heated so like that was the whole point of this thing was to utilize that outdoor right. rooftop bar in the winter time which they hadn't before this is right. the first year that they're doing this so there's six of them and they're so all wait heated. have we said the name of the bar because i can't remember yeah i said okay. eight of okay, yeah good. yeah 
I think from a practical standpoint, it's pretty smart. These rooftop bars are really popular, but yeah. they're pretty miserable. You can't use them in the winter. 20 degrees. So this yeah. is no one wants to be on a rooftop bar in the wintertime. So it's but a smart everyone way that, wants to take pictures exactly. of their experience. And they want to be warm. So. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a way you can utilize your business longer through the year. Yeah, and so they can seat, I think, up to eight people. I think that would be kind of a little snug yeah. with eight, um, but they're heated, and they all have, you know, HGD, HGTV style decorations inside of them, and it, you don't actually have and to pay all, anymore. And all of them have like different kind of seating situations. Yeah. Um, so and table options. And, and table stuff. options, yeah. So I, I thought that they were really cool. And the minimum on it was what? You, uh, you have to spend like $200. $200. And that would be super easy to do with eight people. Spe- yeah, especially eight, eight people, eight, so, eight up, yeah. Um, is this been do is this are they doing this in other cities or is this yeah like something yeah, yeah i actually saw it in like milwaukee a couple years ago um i think our milwaukee business journal had some photos it's really cold in milwaukee yes and <laughs> i was like from, I want everything this. is in a bubble in milwaukee it was like so cool was like that is i would love to try something out like that so so happy when um haley saw that they had we had gotten Everyone them here. Everyone a snowmobile in Milwaukee because <laughs> it's so cold. And they're going on through March, so even if, like, they get booked up this Christmas season and they're going to be, you know, a hot commodity, especially around New Year's. Yeah. Um, the, now, the minimum, they did yeah, say that <laughs> the minimum is much more for the New, New Year's, Year's Eve. Eve. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, but they're open, like, through March. Like, through, through the winter season, you'll be able to go cold. there. Yeah, and seven days a week, so you can, yep. you know, maybe have a girls' night on Tuesday night or something. Yeah, so... I'm going to play devil's advocate. I like to drink alone outside in the cold. <laughs> so I don't like these. You can igloos. sit outside of our igloo. Contrarian take. Yeah. Less a devil's advocate and more just worrying. <laughs> um, now, uh, our publisher did ask us, like, she was like, did it get um, hot and sweaty in there? Is that a possibility? And we haven't tried it with eight no, people, I, so we can't no, say I for sure. Into a sauna, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I guess they could if you had eight people in there. It would get hot. So. But there th- there was plenty of, like, it was roomy. It was much <laughs> yeah. roomier than if, I was expecting. And if you get warm, like, just open up the zipper and then let yeah. cold air in. Oh. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> As you do. Yeah, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> in your bubbles. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. Anything else on igloos? I, think I don't know. I think it. I think they're cool. Can you cool, name so all yeah. six of the themes off the oh, top no. of your head? Oh gosh, no. Um, I, I remember they the all disco lounge. They had a barrel lounge that yeah. had some bourbon barrels in it. There was one with like they red velvet. Yeah, the velvet lounge or yeah. something. Yeah, a roadhouse the themed one. I think you've now <laughs> named Road. all six of them. And your server roadhouse, just yes. kicks in the door. Just kicks in the door. <laughs> yes. There's a monster um, truck in there. Oh, tropical dreams. <laughs> that was the tropical dream. All right, so diamonds now you're at four. Firm. Diamonds and four. Oh. And flannel. And, flannel. and they, they talked. Bam, right did they there. talk about adding more? Yeah, they said that they were thinking about adding two more because there's extra space. Like you would, you would think yeah. it would be like jam packed up Just there with six bubbles. Yeah, in it. there was bubble. space to walk. There was around. space. Yeah. So they they were talking about adding some more depending on and, popularity. And they're, they this is all just a trial for them. So they're trying out different things. And um, they said that when they first opened, they realized that they needed to have um, trays outside of the bubbles to come and set the food on. So that you know, it's all just kind of like trial and error for them right now, yeah. trying to figure out what works. If you're listening up, Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I hope Roadhouse gets some some bubbles too. Um, let me Wait, think. It's going to be the weirdest bubble. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Marty would like to guess decorate 80s. your roadhouse bubble. <laughs> very 80s bubble. That sounds like a good like contest we could have. Decorate the a, Billy Zane a road- bubble. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Zane. I don't want nothing to do with that bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Zane. All right. We're way off the rails at this point. Um, okay. 
I'll move us on <coughs> to the outro. <laughs> so that is our show this week. Uh, before we sign off, we'll go around the room and these folks can share their social media handles so you guys out there know where to find us. Uh, Marty, I'll start with you. Yeah, I'm most active on Twitter at BFW Marty. Uh, I am on Facebook, per- mostly personal, uh, and I'm trying to get back with LinkedIn. I kind of forget it for like a week, and then I jump back on it. Yeah, I did sign into Instagram accidentally today. So. Oh man, <laughs> welcome back. Saga <laughs> continues. Marty's so back on. It was accidental. They wouldn't let me go. I've any quit further. Facebook and joined it again like six times. Yeah. So <laughs> so so yeah. So that's where you can find me, but primarily Twitter for if you want to see tweets about one park in the Top Golf and other yeah. things. Uh, Brooke, how about you? I am most inactive on uh, Twitter. <laughs> you can find me sometimes at, at BFLU Designer. And um, I'm most active on Instagram, and that's at btimmons26. All right. And Haley? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BFLU Haley. Um, I just connected my work email with my LinkedIn, so now I'll like actually pay attention Ooh. when people send oh. me messages. So, yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn, and I will actually pay attention because I'm getting notifications now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been paying a lot more attention to LinkedIn, too, so I appreciate anybody who's gotten in touch with me there. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at BFLU David and on Instagram at DMAN3001. Um, you can send us feedback um, at the email address accesslouisville at bizjournals.com. I sometimes forget to mention that, but uh, feel free to uh, send uh, any tips or uh, ideas for the show that you have. Always glad to hear from you guys. And um, if you haven't already, you can consider subscribing to us on popular podcast services such as Apple Podcast, Google Google Podcast, <laughs> Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, or others. Uh, you can also watch a video version of this show on the Business First Facebook page. Uh, hopefully it will get posted. Last time we had a little technical difficulties and didn't post the video version, but uh, should be back this week. Um, I think that's it. So thank you very much, Marty, Brooke, and Haley. And thank you guys for watching or listening at home. Take care. Bye. I forgot to say bye that time.